Taking a pill isn't very hard for most people, but remembering you need to take a pill, that's a bit harder. Remembering to take several pills at different times every day, that is a nightmare. Studies have shown that up to 75% of people struggle to take their medication as it's prescribed. And that problem costs 125,000 lives in the U.S. every year. It also costs an estimated $300 billion to the U.S. healthcare system. That's 10% of all healthcare spending in the country, and it's one of many reasons that healthcare costs are continuing to skyrocket. It really makes no sense. It's just an inefficient drag on the healthcare system and on, on our country, honestly. That's Jeff Lebrun. He's a business guy who's worked in the biotech industry. And a few years ago, Jeff started thinking about this problem. How do you help people take their medication properly? Lucky for him, he ran into two other guys also thinking about this problem. And even luckier, they were engineers with the skills to find a solution. Jeff and his co-founders wanted to make something that would work for anyone and wouldn't cost much. And they all had a similar idea. Make a smart, connected pill bottle. So they joined forces and founded a startup to take on one of the biggest, thorniest problems in the healthcare industry. Their solution? A gadget that can fit in the palm of your hand. From GeekWire.com in Seattle, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm Claire McGrain. Welcome to Health Tech, the podcast where we take you to the cutting edge of digital health. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, leveraging best-in-class digital tools to relentlessly reimagine health and healthcare. Follow them on Twitter at ProvInnovation, that's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, making it easier, more collaborative, and more rewarding to take charge of your health. Pillsy is very much a startup. It was founded and is still run by just three people. You heard Jeff's voice earlier. I'm Jeff Lebrun, co-founder and CEO of Pillsy, and I'm in charge of product management and marketing. Jeff earned his MBA at the University of Michigan, which is also where he first started hearing about this problem from fellow graduate students who were studying it. Pillsy's second co-founder has a much different background. Hi, I'm Chooks Oneme, co-founder and CTO of Pillsy. So I, I work basically on the technology side. Chooks is an engineer by training. He used to lead a software engineering group at Nokia, the Finnish smartphone company. When Nokia was bought by Microsoft, he left and started working in the startup world, founding a few of his own projects along the way. Pilsy's third co-founder is Otto Seip, a former Microsoft engineer. He was out of town when we talked to Jeff and Chooks, but he also works on Pilsy's technology. All three of the co-founders came up with the same basic idea, the idea of a connected pill bottle, before they even met each other. And they all have very different stories that led them to the same point. I guess, first of all, I had an allergy prescription. I was just horrible at taking it. When I was in Ann Arbor, uh, I found out I was allergic to my dog. And, you know, I, I was trying to take this medication and I just couldn't do it. And it was just driving me nuts. Around the same time, you know, I had come out of working with some of the different wearable technology companies. And so I basically just had the idea, you know, what if the same uh, advances in Bluetooth were applied to this other problem of, of taking your medications? And I also did some work with some different postdocs at Michigan who were developing new surgeries for medication adherence around that time. And so I learned that the problem was actually just much bigger than myself. I saw 
technologies that cost $100,000 per operation that were happening simply because somebody wasn't taking a $5 per month medication. I just thought it was insane that we could do better. I had a friend, a friend of mine who was in the Seattle community where I live. Um, we had met up once for dinner and he got to know what I was working on. At the time, I was working on um, a Bluetooth device for, you know, I was just con- doing some consulting work. Um, and you know, he had told me he, he was a cancer researcher and he was working on um, basically coming up with combinations of drugs for certain cancer patients based on their, their genomics. And one of the problems he had was trying to figure out if his patients were actually taking his drugs. He basically would tell me that he was trying to figure out how to tag drugs somehow so he knows, you know, his patients are actually taking them. And he felt, you know, a Bluetooth device might be something that could be interesting. So we explored that a little bit. Uh, a little bit later, I met Jeff, who had actually been working on um, this same concept. And, you know, he was looking for somebody to collaborate with. And I felt I had worked on it in the past. And, you know, we had a mutual understanding and, and went for it. So, you know, I did a lot of research on why people don't take their medications. And there's a whole field of, of research on this. Typically, the number one reason is actually just for forgetfulness. And so you can find studies where they actually quantify, you know, what are the top five reasons that people miss doses. I also kind of just did a survey of the types of devices that are out there. You know, we found there's a number of different dispensers that will dispense 20 different medications, but they cost like $1,000 and there's no way to get them reimbursed. So what we wanted to do is make something really low cost that like your modern tech user would want to use. Jeff and Chuk started working on their idea at hackathons around Seattle, and they brought Otto on board. Jeff said they went through a handful of different ideas and hundreds of designs before they settled on the final product. And what they ended up with is surprisingly simple. Imagine the cap on any pill bottle in your medicine cabinet right now. That's pretty much what Pillsy looks like. It's a nondescript white disc about the size of a silver dollar. Only a small LED light on top gives it away. Inside is a switch that tracks when you open and close the bottle. The cap also connects to a smartphone app so it knows when you've taken your pill and costs $45. It's pretty simple. It just tracks when it's open and closed. Uh, It stores the medication schedule, and then it beeps and blinks to remind if you miss a dose. Um, We have an app. It's kind of like Fitbit, an app that connects to your Bluetooth product. And so the app can also store your history uh, and then we'll be building in some other kind of cool features in, in there as well. But it's actually just a switch. So there's a single circuit board that's inside here, and there's a switch that's on the circuit board. When you open and close the cap, there's a plate that slides up and down and presses down the switch perfectly. So it needs to have fairly perfect tolerances or the switch won't be depressed at the at the perfect time. We've gone through, I think, eight different iterations on the circuit board and probably 200 on the, the cap itself. Honestly, we have you know engineers that have designed more complicated algorithms with accelerometers. And, and when we played around it, we realized that a switch was actually a lot more robust. So you're not going to get uh, false positives if you're carrying it around in your backpack. And we get a year-long battery life by doing that. So the cap is essentially sleeping like 99% of the time um, versus a, you know, having a, an active sensor that's constantly sampling. So you know, versus Fitbit that you're charging every two to three days, we get a year f- from doing that. Pilsy's design is Occam's razor in action. The most simple solution turned out to be the best. But while its hardware is simple, the software behind Pilsy is much more complicated. Chooks explains. 
So one of the things that made it really complex for us is basically having um, different kinds of software talking to each other. So we have Bluetooth, um, we have the firmware, obviously, in the, in the device. Uh, we also have two different apps doing two different things, trying to work on iOS and Android and making sure both are doing exactly the same thing at the right time um, with the firmware. Um, and that also talks to our back end, which includes you know all the um, intelligence we have built in into the, into the platform. So having all this stuff all working synchronously was quite challenging. And I think one you know, really interesting thing we found after we started doing this is we found uh, there's a lot of caregivers out there that take care of somebody. Uh, so it could be a parent that takes care of a kid. It could be a child that takes care of an older parent. But there's a lot of situations where people want to share this information. And so with our app, you can do that. You can share with a family member, your doctor, a loved one, and they can kind of help you stay on top of your medications. That web of interlocking technology that Chooks described is really what makes Pillsy work. It syncs up what you should be doing with what you've actually done. Say I take a prescription once a day in the evening. If I had Pillsy, I could go into the app and say that I need to take one dose by 9 p.m. And if I don't... So that's the sound that you would hear if you missed a dose. So if you had scheduled to take medication by 9 p.m. and you hadn't taken it by then, you would hear that. And if you continued to miss, if you continued to leave it shut, then you'd get additional reminders. Um, Both on the device, you can get text message reminders, automated phone calls. It's very configurable, and it's designed to escalate. So, you know, initially you'll get a relatively non-annoying notification to your phone. And if you continue, you can keep getting more and more annoyed until you take it. Pilsy also helps prevent double dosing or accidentally taking multiple doses of a medication. Let's say that you had scheduled a dose at 8 a.m. and you took it at at 7.45 in the morning. You're on your way out to work. You can't remember if you took the dose. If you open it twice within the same time period, it'll give a different beep to warn you that you just took it or you just opened it a couple seconds ago. So maybe you're not accidentally double dosing, right? We've had a few beta testers speak pretty positively about this feature. Um, We found a lot of people with ADHD actually have this issue, not just ADHD, but they're particularly concerned because if you take two Adderall in the morning, it's not a very good day. The whole idea of Pillsy is to make a permanent record of that one piece of data when someone has taken medication. And as we've heard, that's very useful to help people stay on schedule. But the data Pillsy creates could be used in a variety of ways. So really any type of professional caregiver could, in theory, get access to this, and we could build it into somebody's electronic health record. So there's actually a lot of important data that could be generated by this in the long run, too. Um, Right now we have, you know, Chooks mentioned we have a web application that pharmacists can use. We're working with some specialty pharmacies that are interested in giving the product to people that take uh, medications for things like cancer, HIV, hepatitis, typically more expensive drugs um, where there's often side effects or just other issues with with the person taking them as they're prescribed. Pilsy is using tech in innovative ways to target a real problem that people across the country face. But it hasn't all been smooth sailing, particularly for such a small company diving into an industry full of giants. We'll hear more about the challenges health startups face after this break. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is brought to you by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group, helping to shift the industry from sick care to health care. Providence St. Joseph Health empowers people to take a greater role in managing and improving their health. 
Building on Providence's history as a disruptor, the Digital and Innovation Group leverages best-in-class digital tools to reimagine a better consumer experience in healthcare. Building healthier communities requires meaningful and personalized relationships that make Providence St. Joseph Health a trusted partner in people's lives. Follow the Digital and Innovation Group on Twitter at ProvInnovation. That's twitter.com slash P-R-O-V innovation. Now back to the show. Welcome back. So the health industry is big. Healthcare spending makes up just under a fifth of the United States GDP. That's the highest of any country in the world, according to the World Bank. And that giant industry is full of giant companies. Insurance companies, pharmaceutical conglomerates, even corporations that run health centers like hospitals and clinics. That means there's very little room for startups to break into the industry with new ideas, although there are signs that might be changing. Well, there's certainly more of them than there used to be. I think, um, you know, the reality is as a startup, it's kind of a difficult endeavor, right? We just spent over two years developing this. So in order to do it, you really need to find, you know, investors that are willing to fund that. And then after you're done, potentially wait for two years for insurers and hospitals to pay you. The reality is most investors aren't interested in waiting that long. You know, some might be, but that's part of the reason we've we've had to try to find kind of faster ways to, to get paid than if we were to wait out an insurance company at this point. Tell us about your funding so far and, and how you've been able to pay for that investment. So we did, you know, we went through a couple different accelerators in California. So that was part of it. And then we also raised some money from angel investors uh, in Seattle and California and then we also honestly just put in a lot of our own time. So there's been a huge amount of sweat equity that went into this business, way more than any other startup I've ever been involved in. And, you know, that was required. We never would have been able to do this without that. You know, I've sold into more conservative industries before, um, you know, health, pharma, these types of industries. But the reality is, you know, they're not great customers initially. So a lot of the times, you know, you could be dealing with a $100 billion per year company they want you to give them free products so that they can test it out. You know, it's like, how does that make sense? Like, you can't pay for samples. Uh, so, you know, we just do that sometimes. But, you know, I, th I think the industry as a whole is pretty conservative. It's trying to make changes, but they're not used to working with startups or adopting new technology. I mean, they're just getting off of paper, honestly. So you think, like, where the rest of the world was 15 years ago, that's where healthcare is today. Chooks, who has a background working with giant tech companies, says he actually sees the health industry as a big opportunity for tech startups. I, I think it's very interesting. Um, if you think about it from a perspective of opportunities, that's how I tend to look at my entire world. The healthcare space, obviously, is a space that just now getting to the point where they can start looking at technologies. So I, I think I look at it more as uh, an opportunity for um, healthcare tech startups to come in. That's basically how I, how I see it. The industry is unique not just for its size, but also for its unique economics. Unlike almost every other industry, it's not the person receiving a service or patients who pay for care. It's insurance, whether that's private insurance companies or public insurance like Medicare and Medicaid. That's why public policy on insurance has such an outsized impact on all parts of the health industry. As you might know, health insurance is a bit of a hot-button topic in the U.S. at the moment, and it's leaving the industry in a strange situation. The Affordable Care Act has set rules for insurers for the past eight years. 
but Congress is promising to repeal that act and replace it with a different set of rules. As of this podcast being published, the House of Representatives has passed a bill that would make those changes. But the Senate has set that bill aside and is planning to write a completely different one, although with similar goals. That uncertainty is leaving a lot of healthcare companies, and particularly startups, in the lurch. So actually, we were featured in the Wall Street Journal yesterday in an article that mentioned, you know, this exact issue. So, you know, our response has been, uh, fortunately, we have a product that enough people are willing to pay for just because they like it. And, you know, part of what we wanted to do was design something that's good enough that people would want to use it if they had a choice. And so we are able to sell directly to consumers while we're waiting for some of these processes to, to take place. Um, I think there's been a lot of uncertainty, and as long as there's uncertainty, you know, our customers won't be as likely to invest in new technologies or innovation if they don't know that the laws that would make those make financial sense will be around in, in, in a while. So I think, you know, regardless of what happens, uh, we'd much rather have something happen than have kind of this tenuous state of, of people saying that they're going to change things without being very specific about what, what's actually going to happen. What would you like to see written into the new healthcare act to to make this happen? Is there something specific that you would tell legislators in terms of like this line item will save this many lives because this type of pill bottle <laughs> will be in every medicine cabinet? Honestly, I, my personal opinion is they need to just leave it alone unless they have something that's actually going to improve the system. The current proposals, in my opinion, aren't even really that big of a change compared to what we already had. It's just going to cause a lot of disruption. Um, you know, I've had several large hospitals tell me that if they have to deal with having 20 million new uninsured people showing up in their emergency rooms, then their innovation budget goes to zero. So, you know, it may not affect us directly, but it affects our customers. So I think, you know, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big drag. Okay, it's time for the fix. This is the segment where we ask our guests about the biggest problem they see in health and what could be done to fix it. It could be a frustration from their professional work or one that they encountered in their personal lives. There's just one rule. It can't be something that they're already working on. Jeff, Chooks, what would you like to fix? I, I guess I have one idea, but it's it's not really solvable by technology, honestly. But since we were just talking about That's policy, fine. you know, yeah. I think one thing I'd be interested in personally uh, you know, as a business owner and as somebody in healthcare, is considering a situation where employers are no longer paying for healthcare. You know, I think the idea of having a marketplace is pretty cool. And if more people were on the marketplace instead of going through their employer plans, uh, the marketplaces would be a lot healthier. There'd be a lot more room for entrepreneurs versus today, where you know, honestly, selling into large employers is it's a big company game. Um, it's a lot of dinners and taking people out and relationships. Um, rather than something where, you know, the person that's using the insurance plan is actually making that choice. So I'm kind of in favor of anything that gives the person that's utilizing healthcare uh, more choice than what they have today. It's interesting. I'm thinking like when Jeff Bezos started Amazon, just imagine if everybody had gotten their internet through their employer and to be able <laughs> to get them to use Amazon, he had to convince those employers to basically host Amazon on their site, you know, or, or something along those lines. It's, it's, there's something of an, an analogy there. Yeah. If people are allowed to choose the best product at the best price, then entrepreneurs will do great. But if it's a game of, you know, trying to prevent people from competing with you as much of healthcare as today, 
then, you know, there's places where entrepreneurs can thrive, but it's not everywhere. And it strikes me that there's not a lot of incentive for change and innovation built into the system. So the kind of the state of the healthcare system that you are describing, where a lot of these technologies haven't been brought in, that might be being hampered by the kind of institutionalized networks that are there. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, part of the reason so many entrepreneurs flooded into to healthcare is because these individual health plans gave people hope that there is a percentage of people that would be buying the, the best product for themselves. And you only have as much room to, to compete as an entrepreneur where you have those types of opportunities. Anything strike you, Chooks, as something like you've just encountered or experienced or something you would change about healthcare apart from <laughs> getting people to use a smart pill bottle? Yeah, I think for me, I'll speak from a personal perspective. Um, I think it will be, it will have to do with drug pricing. There's so many people that really have no clue how drug pricing works in this country. You know, personally, my family, we, we, we have uh, a case where... Um, uh, of you know food allergies and so we have to deal with things like epipens and stuff and you know a couple of years ago I, I guess everyone knew about what happened in, with the uh, hiking of the price of uh, epipens y- you know I think there's something needs to be done around drug pricing and just making it transparent right so everyone kind of knows you know exactly um, what drugs cost and you know um, what exactly to expect when they go for the drugs yeah one other kind of like theme around that would just be um Reducing cost for behavior. So, you know, I have Metro Mile car insurance. I pay based on the number of miles I drive my car. Today, you know, I think there's been a lot of discussion of that in healthcare, but it doesn't really exist. So one cool thing about the types of technology, honestly, that Pilsy brings, that Fitbit brings, is you could be getting rebates based on how you live your life. Um, If you're collecting data showing that you're doing what your doctor told you to do, then you should get a rebate for that. Honestly, whether or not it, your outcomes are, are what you hope they are, you're putting in the effort. And I think that's totally lacking today. And it's honestly something both parties kind of agree on. And the technology is just here to make it possible. So I think that's something that, you know, there's a lot of ethical concerns around how to do that. So we all need to be cognizant of that. But I think, you know, in the next 5, 10, 20 years, uh, that could be pretty interesting. It strikes me that a lot of the things you're discussing are not things that one company, one person could change. These are like big national level problems that are going to need to be dealt with. Institutional, yeah. 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 That's why we started with the smart pill cap. (laughs) (laughs) Start small and eventually take over the health system. Well, Chooks and Jeff, thank you very much for being here. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff Lebrun and Chukson Weme are co-founders of Pilsy, along with Otto Seip. Find out more about them and their work at Pilsy, that's P-I-L-L-S-Y, dot com. You've been listening to Health Tech, a GeekWire podcast about the cutting edge of digital health. Sponsored by Providence St. Joseph Health's Digital and Innovation Group. Find more episodes at geekwire.com slash healthtech and subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm Claire McGrain. Thanks for listening.